very most important thing that you can do to your scrapes is water. None of us ever knew that years ago, but water is absolutely the most important thing you can do to your mock scrapes when you set them up. You've got to get that dirt extremely moist. Thank you for joining Wild Game Dynasty's podcast this week with host Gary Morgan. Before I hand the mic over to Gary, please be sure you subscribe to our podcast, which can be found on nine different networks. Hey, Melissa, thank you very much for that introduction. Very kind of you. Folks, this is Gary Morgan from Wild Game Dynasty. We are appreciative of you choosing to, we'll say, dial in to our podcast platform. And we are now out to uh, nine or ten different podcast platforms, so it's just not on one or two of them. And we're seeing a lot of neat feedback from a lot of people not just in that mid-Michigan area, but from a lot of different areas, uh, even outside of Michigan. And we really appreciate that. Episode number 65, as we say, is here among us, upon us. And I think you're going to really enjoy this week's podcast. We reached out to, uh, maybe we might call them a heavy hitter in the hunting uh, scheme of things. and But he's He's a very uh, humble person, so you'd never get that from him. I think a lot of you are going to recognize this gentleman from the whitetail uh, world, and his name is Jay Gregory of Wild Outdoors. Uh, Jay has a uh, TV show on, I think it's Sportsman's Channel or Outdoor Channel, and he certainly has a heck of a YouTube channel. We really appreciate that. Um, Jay's been around a long time. He's got that, uh, maybe it's because his uh, blonde hair, and etc. He's got that youthful look to him, but uh, don't let him kid you. He's been in the hunting uh, scheme of things for a very long time. He's now got his family involved as his kids are getting older. And hey, without further ado, let's roll right into podcast episode number 65 with Jay Gregory. Jay Gregory, this is Gary Morgan calling. How you doing, Gary? Good, not too bad. Boy, I really appreciate you taking time out of a busy schedule and I know all of us have busy schedules, but I appreciate you taking my call and taking a little time out of your schedule to be on our podcast and, of all things, to talk about uh, hunting. I mean, uh, it's probably uh, you know on a lot of people's mind, but there's a lot of people that are uh, probably looking to go out to the beach or something like that today on a hot day here, even in uh, you know Michigan. We're in uh, probably our mid-80s or even 90. It's definitely summer for sure. I'm actually down in Florida right now and thinking about going to the beach tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> nice. I've, I've also got hunting on the brain too i've been talking to wyatt reese been talking about certain things we're maybe going to start doing with you know to start getting things ready to go so it's it's good to be that time of year it seems like about the fourth of july from the fourth of july on we start getting into deer mode oh it is ain't it though uh i know we probably don't want to admit it to uh maybe our significant others uh you know my wife and i uh, uh have a great relationship but sometimes when i bring up deer hunting yeah, she'll remind me maybe I'm talking about it a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like it used to be, you know, deer season just ran a few months out of the year, or yeah. for some maybe just a month or a couple of weeks. And now for those of us that love it so much, it's pretty much a 365-day-a-year deal. So, uh, Absolutely. I mean, obviously we love the other season, spring turkey, it's fishing right now in the summer and whatnot, but uh, deer season seems to take precedence to uh those of us that are bit by the bug, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, let's pause for a minute because what I'd like to do is take a second to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners on my you know, Wild Game Dynasties podcast. 
I know a lot of people know you. That's not necessarily what it's about, but I can picture it because I had a buddy of mine tell me he listens to my podcast when he can, usually when they're traveling up north, maybe their cottage up north on the lake, and his wife will say, who is this? So, yeah, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? I know it's, you know, Jay Gregory, but... Uh, Obviously, my name is Jay Gregory. I've been doing uh, the Wild Outdoors TV show. We're in our 29th year. It's something we're very fortunate to get to do. Obviously, the industry's changed a lot over the years. So we really enjoy it. My son is 22 years old. His name's Wyatt. He helps me a lot with the show. And then my my daughter, who's 12, going on 22, uh, <laughs> she also is a big part of the show. And then I have a great staff uh, of people that help with with everything and and i've cut it way back over the years just because the industry's changed so much and with our show now being on third and fourth quarter we're on the sportsman's channel and then we also have a youtube channel and we have facebook and we have all the digital platforms just like everyone else we're on M- motv and so it keeps us very busy uh the youtube uh, pretty new to us and with the things we're trying to do with it we're actually pretty much putting all of our hunts up live on our YouTube channel as they happen uh, in the spring and in the fall. So it makes, uh, you know, we don't put them in their entirety, but we put the meat and potatoes of it up. Plus it gives the viewers uh, and the people that we work with, our sponsors, an opportunity for people to see the products we're using when we're using them right then and there. So they're not having to wait six months, you know, until the following year to see what we're doing. And, you know, we kind of live in the world of, what have you done for me lately and instant gratification so we've had to we've had to change the way we do things to to meet those standards now too absolutely boy you're absolutely spot on on this uh what can you do for me uh right now not what you did for me minutes ago yeah exactly yeah instant gratification boy it's it's a challenge but uh boy for those that are i shouldn't say embracing it because i still wrinkle my nose up every time i've got a try to embrace some sort of new technology or new way of thinking but boy it sure does uh, offer some grand opportunities if we're able to embrace it in some capacity well it's nice i think like i just i've just started working with a brand new set company and it's going to be interesting because when we start doing um they have a completely different way of doing things and i've used their products in the past just trying them out well before we ever developed partnership but it'll be interesting whenever we start doing our mock scrapes and get the cameras up on them to give people immediate feedback as to what we're doing, how we're doing it. And, you know, and if people want to try the same products we're getting, you know, they can get them right then and basically be doing the same thing that we're doing. As in years past, you know, obviously you, we would film all this stuff and then it wouldn't be aired until the fall. So yeah. by the time, you know, they would actually see it or hear about it, they'd have to wait till the next year to do what we're doing. So that is the one nice thing about about what we're having to do now is that I think we have a, a stronger connection with our followers because it's it's immediate. You know, yes. they can see exactly what we're doing to the moment. You know, they're not having to wait six months or for a whole year in order to try something that we're doing at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Fresh and relevant content seems to be, you know, kind of the buzz, and it should be. You know, if we're able to meet that those demands, uh, why not? I I would embrace that 100% as well. Boy, you brought up something that really, uh, really, you know, put the light bulb in my head on, and that was the uh, scent company that you're working with. Of course, you didn't disclose that. You're willing, if you're willing to, uh, our listeners would be really interested in hearing that. And let us, you know, share with us some of your uh, what you're doing with scent uh, out in the woods, uh, especially this time of year. 
well, obviously, depending on what state you're in, you know, every state has different different ways of allowing you to do things. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with the CWD, you guys are very familiar with that up in Michigan. Yeah. Some of the states are just over the top with that stuff, even to the point of not being able to use minerals, not being able to use bait, not being able to use urines. Uh, and whatnot, which that's a whole different subject that, yeah. you know, I, I have a very strong opinion about oh, that boy. whole thing with CWD. But yeah, I but, think as far, but as far as the different states, I mean, I, I live in Iowa, and so I'm able to use that. And that's the only thing I would caution people about is if you're watching any of our YouTube stuff or, or Facebook or anyone's for that matter, you want to make sure that what you're able to do fits the regulations within your state. Yeah. So. The, the name of the company that I'm that I'm starting to work with now is is Big Buck Adventures, and it, it's a very small company. Uh, they have their own deer farm. They have their own way of doing things. With it's not just gland, or it's not just urine. It's it's more about glands, all the different types of glands, and it's very complicated to get into it. But it's it's something that I'm going to start showing what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it. Uh, later on in the summer as we start to manifest our, our mock scrapes and licking branches and get uh, deer accustomed to using them. Yeah. The, the one thing right off the bat I would like to share with your viewers is keep one thing in mind regardless of, of what you're doing with your mock scrapes, but the very most important thing that you can do to your scrapes is water. None of us ever knew that years ago, but Water is absolutely the most important thing you can do to your mock scrapes when you set them up. You've got to get that dirt extremely moist because then it will hold. It will hold that scent and it will, and it will attract animals a lot quicker. Wow. And the main thing is it will hold the scent and it will make it much more, you know, it's just like anything. If you, if you pick up something wet and smell it as opposed to pick up something dry and smell it, I mean, I know that's very simplistic. But with mock scrapes and especially whenever you're trying to develop a spot, you know, if you've maybe set up a pinch point and you've even put out a, um, created your own licking branch by planting a tree or whatnot, you need to be really, really careful about making sure you use a lot of water when you get this thing started so that the ground is moist and then when you apply your scent, it will last a lot longer and be a lot more effective. Boy, that's very timely information for a lot of people right now that are going out and doing the licking branches above those scrapes, making those mock uh, licking branches, even mock scrapes are preparing for those. That's the first I've heard is uh, the use of water, but boy, the way you explained it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we'll take, you know, depending on the year, I mean, even, but even if it's, even if it's wet, we'll take, take a five gallon bucket of water in and we will just absolutely saturate the ground before we, you know, before we apply the scent and it just holds everything so much longer. And we've, and obviously, a lot of testing over the years of doing it with and doing it without, and it just makes a huge difference whenever, uh, whenever you wet the ground before you you know apply the scent and everything. And and we'll do that all the way through you know as we're using them. And obviously, in today's technology and being able to use cameras, and you know most of the cameras I use now uh, are sending immediate feedback to my cell phone. So. Yeah. Absolutely. We can see the difference in what works and what doesn't work pretty quick. Yeah. And if you know if you're doing comparisons to maybe using water on one and not using water on another one, using certain scents with certain you know maybe preorbital glands, maybe hoof glands, you know these different types of uh, of lures. I mean, we're we're getting a really quick feedback as to what works 
quicker than others and at what times of the year. And obviously, you know, thinking back 10, 15 years ago, I never, I never started mock scrapes in the summertime. But the thing you realize is that these deer are out there 365 days a year. If you find an area that a licking branch, you know, is basically a community yeah. licking branch is what I like to call them. I mean, they, they hit them all year long. I mean, you, how many times have you been out there, you know, turkey hunting and, and you're walking through the woods and you see and you're like, that looks like a scrape. It looks like a fresh scrape. And, yeah. and it is. I mean, yeah. they they still, you know, it's kind of like a dog and a fire hydrant. You know, if one starts peeing on the fire hydrant, then every dog that comes by does the same thing. Well, it's the same thing for deer as far as licking branches and, you know, and, and, and peeing in a scrape. I mean, they do it all year long. Obviously, not as much as they do in the fall, but if you can create a spot that's a social network for those deer and you get them coming there, it gives you not only a place for that's going to be good in the fall, but it gives you an opportunity to take pictures and find out what deer are actually on your ground, you know, through the summer months. Now, obviously, deer do not move near as much in the summer, so it's a little bit harder to find them. But if you do find them, boy, it can be invaluable because they just don't move a lot in the summertime. So if you, you do find them and get them used in a spot, yeah. you get a lot of pictures. Oh, very nice. This is just perfect information particularly this time of year, but like you just said, year-round. And the use of your, the way you paint that picture, I call them word pictures, uh, the dog on the fire hydrant, those I can tie into because I'm kind of a visual guy anyways, but boy, you're so right on that. With the deer communication, most of it, I would think, being scent-based and obviously not vocal, this is the way we're going to reach out to our our deer population and, you know, pair for hunting. Sure, I mean, it's... It... It just gives you another, it gives you something else in your arsenal to possibly give you some success this fall. And obviously with the cameras and, and with running lock scrapes, it gives you confidence in your area too. I mean, it's hard to kill something that isn't there. So if you find one early and you start getting pictures of him, you know he's there. Now I'm not saying that deer aren't going to change their patterns as, you know, we, we usually go through two big changes. We go through the first one whenever they lose their velvet. Yep. And then we'll go through another one usually there's usually two the the first of september when they lose their velvet you'll go through a change you'll you'll lose some bucks but you'll gain some new ones and then it seems like depending on the year but usually around the 15th of october we'll go through another you know we'll, we'll go through another flip but those by having those mock scrapes out there and you and you keep them going all through the summer and into the fall though you'll just be you'll be shocked at how many different deer and how many different bucks start using those man we've we've had really good success uh, with that over the years for our listeners sitting on the edge of their seats listening to this and they maybe read about it a little bit and uh, they're starting to see and hear more about this because at least maybe i guess it's like driving a red car and all of a sudden you see everybody's red car around but uh, i think this is something a lot of us are catching on especially for those states like michigan's lower peninsula is is uh, now a bait freeze uh, area so hunters are looking at other uh, things other opportunities other techniques walk us through walk our listeners through a little bit you know, a little bit of a thumbnail sketch of maybe right about now and what should they be doing leading up to say october 1st which is our opener of bow season or maybe uh that november 1st that peak rut well obviously through the season things are going to change and that's i think the biggest thing that uh, as we as hunters have to make sure and do is we have to adapt to we got to adapt to the weather we got to adapt to the time of year 
as things start to change, obviously paying attention to the full moon and when the cycles are and whatnot. But as far as, as mock scrapes in this time of year, what I like to do, two types of, of setups that we work on this time of year. One is, let's say you've got a new piece of property. You know, for a lot of guys, they don't have big tracks. So maybe they're, they're trying to you know, plant food plots. They're trying to figure out where they're going to set their stands on the edges of these food plots or back in the thickets. And they're trying to create, uh, obviously, if they're bow hunting, they're trying to create funnels or pinch points to get these deer to travel through to where they're close enough to your setup. Yes. Well, one of the nice things you can do to help that are these mock scrapes because if you, if you have an area coming out of a bedding area into a food plot, and you start creating some mock scrapes in some areas where you would like for the deer to try and travel. Now, obviously, downy edges are going to be the best because that's, you know, that's just normal, and those are the places that, that deer like to walk anyway, mm-hmm. and that's where you always see a lot of these scrapes. Edges can be anything, though. They could be out on the edge of the field, on the edge of a food plot. They could also be an edge inside the timber where there's a break between maybe an elevation, maybe thickness of the timber and the brush to an opening. I mean, you can create a lot of different edges, and these mock scrapes will help put these deer in these edges. That's that's one of the things we like to do. The other is, obviously, if you've got a farm that you've hunted many years and you know, okay, every year there's a there's going to be a scrape under that tree, yep. or they always come to this food plot, they, they enter through the south end of this field out of this really thick stuff. My biggest problem is sometimes they don't get here until it's too you know, too light to shoot. So I've got to try and do something. So one of the things that we've done that's been very, very positive is as, as we make our mock scrapes in the summer and get deer used to coming there, we've got cameras. I'll wait till about the 15th of September and I will go cut down a tree or that's on my farm and I will replant it out in the food plot and I will create a scrape that is close or a licking branch or a scrape that's near a lot of times I'll put them right out in front of my sets wow. so if I know I've got a good set where I've got a, a great northwest wind spot and I you know it's just a place that I'm very familiar with I will take a tree and I will get a post hole digger bunch of water to soften the ground up post hole dig dig it out stick the tree in there you know make sure that it's in deep enough that the wind you know won't knock it over set it up and then you've got your you know, you've just created a, a licking branch then of course you're just going to take and and you're going to create a scrape you're going to take a rake you're going to clean it all out you're going to pour the water to it and then apply some scent and i like to stick cameras on them just to see if i get them you know to start using them immediately and it will shock people i think at doing that how quickly a, a lot of times we'll put one and then that day we'll have deer on it or that right. afternoon or that evening Um, they find them immediately. I mean, they're just drawn to, you know, they're drawn to licking branches or drawn to new things, especially in a food plot. And if, if you are careful with your own human scent and you're using, you know, good types of lures, you know, pure urine, this stuff that we're using now with the glands is just uh, the combination of glands and urine and in the mixture that we use, it's lethal. And, And it's just, it's real is what it is. I mean, you're just creating you're creating a picture or a portrait for these animals that they they see on a daily basis anyway, but you're putting it in a spot where you want them. So you're trying to create a situation is what you're trying to do. Yeah, boy, this is uh, really intriguing. Just something simple as cutting down a, a small sapling that might be, what, 
12 feet tall and maybe yeah and, and then there's products out there that you you know there's there's a lot of companies out there that are making you know i've seen these deals that stick in the ground and you that have a spring on them that you basically just cut a limb so if you don't want to plant a tree you just stick a limb in this thing yeah and you know you see all kinds of people doing that too i've i've kind of done it the hard and the old-fashioned way so far mm-hmm. which is just i cut a tree and plant it and, and just trans you know move yeah. the tree out there now obviously that sapling's not going to live i mean it's going to die so you right. know don't cut one of your good trees down but if it's uh you know if it's your own property and you or you have permission or it's a lease or whatever it, it's something that's very simple to do it doesn't cost anything just a little sweat labor is it in order yeah. to do it and then it's there and it'll be there the whole I mean, I usually dig them up in the spring because they're dead, and then I'll replace them with a new one whenever fall comes around. So, or yeah. you know, later in September. You mentioned too. You mentioned the uh, the lure. I know you mentioned the company earlier, and I'll ask you know at the tail end of this, we'll wrap. You know, we'll, we'll make sure we wrap it up by mentioning this so people know where to purchase it. But you mentioned something that I've heard from uh, a few people, a handful of people, over the last few years is this lure, this urine and the gland stuff, it's not synthetic. It's a, it's a real deal. Yeah, it's a real deal. And it's, it's very labor-intensive to collect these glands. Um, and what I, and, and that's the, the reason I've got involved with the company I have now. I mean, there, it, and there'll be a lot of more information. If people want to follow uh, our Facebook, they'll start seeing more information about this. As it, It's kind of one of those things that I need to show people. Yeah. Uh, how it works before I even start talking about it because let's be honest I mean everyone out there is trying to reinvent the wheel and mm-hmm. there's a million scent companies out there synthetics and reels and everything else and there's there's a difference the way things are done and this company it will actually once you it, it, it's a very small company and they're going to deal with their customers almost on a personal level wow. to try and make a, a mix that will work in their situation you know, if you're in an area that you have, like, I'm very fortunate in, in Iowa. We have great age structure. I have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of older deer to hunt just because of the way state of Iowa does yeah. things with their gun season and the rut and, and whatnot. It's just, it's just a fact. Your, your deer react different. I mean, it's, it's like talking about rattling and calling deer, you know. The more mature deer you have in an area, the much more the much more success you're going to have in calling them. I think getting them to come to to setups like we're talking about with with mock scrapes and whatnot because they're more aggressive. They have to be because there's more there's just more of them that are older. It just makes them more vulnerable. Now, not saying that you can't be in a place that doesn't have great age structure and not still have success with it, but you just may have to do things a little bit different. You can't maybe be as aggressive yeah. as you could be uh, in a in a place where you've got more mature deer. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Uh, it was kind of an eye-opener to me coming out to Missouri, leasing some land back in 2016, I think it was. And um, we leased some land, and, and we kind of parted ways with some, with some people that were leasing it to us. We kept looking for better pieces of property, and it's no... You know, it's just like you said, it was no uh, uh, no surprise to us that the closer we got to Iowa, the better our deer um, age structure was or is. And so we settled upon where we're at now and just enjoy such a better, uh, just a better experience, or our clients do, I should say, because well, you know, we're in that age yeah, structure it, that you enjoy. You know, it's very frustrating. I, uh, 
I just sold, I had a big farm in Missouri and just sold it inside the last year. And I've, I don't even have any lease ground in Missouri now. I'm just, I'm just done with Missouri. Yep. I've just been so frustrated over the last many, many, many years because they always talk about moving and doing what some of the other states across the border, say Kansas, Iowa, um, and it, there's just, you can argue till you're blue in the face, but you can't argue with facts, and that is if you move the gun season out of the rut, That's right. your age structure is going to be better, period. Bar none, you can give me every excuse you want of, you know, if you want to say it's, a, it's tradition, if you want to say the insurance companies are, <laughs> are putting so much pressure on our DNR that and they're giving us paying us so much money that we're not going to move it because you know whatever your excuse is that's fine but at least be honest with people that's right because you can't sit there and tell me whenever you're sending a survey out and you're having these big get-togethers public get-togethers and say no we want to listen to the public we want to know what it is you want and then by and large everyone says we want older gear we want a better age structure we want you know we want to do the things that say iowa or kansas is doing and then they never do it. And right. the reason they never do it is because it's all about money. It's all about selling tags. They're all over the counter. They yep. don't care about the quality of the herd. They just care about selling tags, period. And that's just the way it is. Now, that's fine. And if you are okay with with that, then Missouri is great. And the, the sad thing is Missouri could be every bit, if not better than Iowa or Kansas, just because from the standpoint of the topography and the yeah. way the lay of the land in the whole state of Missouri, uh, the habitat compared to what they have in Kansas and what we have in Iowa, there's no comparison. Yeah, I would Missouri, agree. Missouri beats both of them tenfold, but they will never be what they are an age structure state because they get their age structure. To, you know, it, it just yeah. unless you control a huge amount of area. You're not going to be able to control the age structure, Clean. and that's that's what it takes to grow a big deer. And yeah. you know, and there's a lot of people out there that'll say, "Well, you're just worried about killing big deer, and you're just a bow hunter. You just want the gun guns out of it." Well, my argument to that is one: I will agree with you. Yes, I do like hunting big deer, but it's not mature deer that I like to hunt. Yes, some mature deer have big horns, some don't. I don't care about that, but I do like the opportunity to hunt mature deer. Yep. Now. As a bow hunter, first of all, if you're a gun hunter, you can bow hunt. So everyone's got that opportunity. And in Missouri, you can even hunt with a crossbow. Yes. So my argument to them would be, and it has always been, I'm not doing this for me, the bow hunter. I say that if you make the switch and if you increase the age structure, it makes it better for all of us. Oh, amen. There's going to be more big, more mature deer killed during gun season, too. So yeah. that argument really doesn't hold water. But yeah. for some reason... Uh, there's some, some states are just never going to change. Missouri's one of them, yeah. and it's just you know it's it's just it's okay. Missouri's great. I mean, you can, I'm not saying you can't kill a big deer in Missouri because there are big deer in Missouri, yeah. but it's not Iowa. Right. So, not even I shouldn't say not even close, but there is a no. Uh, it's not close, but no. and there's another reason too. I mean, Iowa's not over the counter. Iowa right. is. Uh, you know, you have to draw, and that yeah. makes it. You know, that makes it that much tougher, too. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just, you know, it's apples and oranges, and that's fine. But people just need to, I guess my whole reason for bringing that up is people need to understand that when they're thinking about setting their properties up. You need to understand what kind of deer you're dealing with and if you're in an area where the deer are aggressive or if they're somewhat passive because maybe they're not as old. Yeah. So that's just what you need to 
pay a little bit of attention to whenever you're selecting what types of scents, yeah. what types of glands, and, and make sure that you're using. So if, that if, was really my whole point to that. I'm not really, and don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing Missouri. I'm comparing and why Missouri is the way they are. And, and I'm assuming, is Michigan, do you have your rifle season during the rut too there? It's, it opens up on the 15th of November every year. Yep. And, yeah. So, yeah, same as Missouri, yep. basically. It, so, yep. yeah. so you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And, uh, you know, our hunters are down, as they are probably nationwide. But uh, we used to have an, uh, just an unordinate amount of tags sold for deer hunting. It was about 800000 right. back, back to your comment and, and, and my agreeance with the fact that it is all about the, the almighty dollar. Unfortunately, it is. Our tags sold have dropped significantly, but... Uh, that's you know that's what our department of natural resources is catering to is is the big dollar and the influx of dollars through some other sources to to keep that uh, season right where it's at because like you said um, a lot of hunters have been pulled and reached out back to the DNR and the I should say the overwhelming but it's becoming overwhelming uh, an agreement that we need to adjust our dates to adjust our quality of deer hunt. Yep. Uh, it's not so, so I'll throw this out to you. Here, here's something else that doesn't make any sense to me. And, and, <laughs> and so I'm getting on my soapbox here a little bit. That's okay. So I know for, I, I think it's pretty well known that insurance companies have a little bit to do with some of the decision making and some of these DNRs probably. Absolutely. Just because, you know, there are a high number of cars that get that hit deer every year. It's a fact. Two years ago, in a stretch of, I think, 10 days, I hit four deer. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens. Oh, I mean, people hit deer. Insurance companies have to pay for all that. Yeah. But this is the argument that I've always heard, is that the insurance companies don't want to move. This was from Missouri. Now, this is what I've heard. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard this so many times, and I'll give you a rebuttal to it that makes no sense, is that they say, well, the insurance companies, they don't want the gun seeds to be moved out of the middle of the rut because they're afraid they won't kill as many deer. Mm. Okay, so let's think about this. With the influx of non-residents that come in and all the residents are out there on the road for those 10 days during the height of the rut, driving in the mornings to go to their hunting spots, going to the grocery stores, doing this, doing that, you think maybe there aren't more deer getting hit on the roads during the one peak time of the year whenever these one and two year old bucks are running crazy that's right off the road that theory doesn't hold any water either absolutely <laughs> so it would it would it would make more sense that maybe less deer would get hit by an influx of people if they move the gun season to the first or the second week of december you know so and i'm not saying that's what they should do i'm just saying that that if, if you're going to make that argument it doesn't yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. If you know, I'm not a scientist, and I don't play one on TV or whatever it is. Yeah, this what you just said makes all the sense in the world. That's been discussed here as well. That you know, deer deer will move if you push them, and if you don't push them, they they have a tendency not to leave their home region or or go into unsafe areas. And I know that's not always true during that rut. They're going to be chasing that hot door looking for one, but uh, it'll be a lot less. That's for sure. Like you said, and. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't know. It, it gets frustrating, but back to, like you said, that, that scent company willing to kind of tailor that scent towards a person's hunting spots, you know, geographically and maybe even giving the, the, uh, our listeners a chance to reach out to that scent company and say, hey, this is kind of what I got going here. And uh, we have a hunt club of, you know, six or eight guys. We've got, you know, X amount of 
property. We've really been working hard, and these are some things we're, we're wanting to do. And now we're at the point of our juncture trying to up the ante on the quality of scent, deer scent that we want to use. And, you know, we've heard about you, and this is what we got. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I think is going to be. Um, and that, that's, to be honest with you, that's the main reason that, that I, I switched and went with this company because I, they're, it's, a, it's a very small uh, company that has been working on this for years and they're finally to a point where they have they have enough stockpile basically of the of the glands yeah. that take takes a long time to collect the types of glands that they need and in the number and the quantity of glands that they need in order to to make this all work and yeah. they're to that point now so wow. it's uh nice. it, i think it's gonna be pretty exciting it's it's definitely a, a another tool in the arsenal for sure indeed and hey you mentioned earlier on that they have their own deer farm they're not you know that's that really keys into me and a lot of people including yourself i'm sure that they're not buying a quantity of lure that company or another ranch somewhere else that you know maybe the quality control is just not there right and that's you know and with any scent company that is their biggest uh, hurdle is quality control because here's the thing and and i'll be the first one to admit it i mean their scents are not cheap they also know that if they the way they process everything is very labor intensive yeah so if they if they sell something to a customer and it does not perform and it does not do what they say it's going to do they're never going to buy it again so these people uh, that that's their whole their whole deal is they they want to make sure that every uh every bottle of everything they put out is 100 percent perfect and it's not their their quality has to be at the top because you know they're not a cheap scent company but you get what you pay for in, yeah. in this in this circumstance so. absolutely hunters are very passionate about what they do and what they spend their money on they're they're not stingy with their expenditures as long as it makes sense and as you know all of us that hunt are very loyal to our supply chains whether it be you know the the clothing or whatever it might be any of the items that we use to to allow our experience to be out in the woods, out in the field, that much more successful. Right. Well, and and especially in this situation, you spend a lot of time going out, setting up mock scrapes, putting, uh, buying, you know, spending money on cameras, batteries. I mean, all that stuff. And you go out there and you apply this scent. And it, you know, some people may have to travel a mile back into the swamp, you know, yeah. to set this stuff up. You don't want to take something out there that's inferior that's not going to work and not going to produce and do what it's supposed to do it just costs you you know our time and effort is worth something and it's it's actually worth a lot so something may cost more but if it works you know then that's the reason it costs more yeah. so yeah you know, that's kind of what it, I, I guess that's just life in general too you it know? is it is it's and too in the biggest scheme of things you know even if it was twice as much as a competitor's product but twice a twice as much in that big scheme of things is not a uh, not a deal breaker it's not going to drain your your savings account or something like that it's just you got to peel out a little more money but with the idea that it's going to perform for you and you know performance is where it's all about you know i reached out to a couple people that felt the same way and they've got maybe their source or whatever but they'll remark on the same they're not switching they know it's more money and it's working they're loyal and i think that's kind of the sentiment of all of us hunters Sure, and, it, and I think it goes with everything. No matter if you're a fisherman or a hunter or what you enjoy, I mean, if it's if you find something that works, that's all that matters. Absolutely. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, you gotta hey, be able to trust it. Absolutely, amen to that. Uh, hey, uh, 
you know, I'm looking at the timeline, and I know we made a promise to each other on, you know, the amount of time we'd spend on a, a beautiful day, but sitting here doing a podcast, it's fun, but we've got other things to uh, tackle and manage out there in our lives, but what uh, what's on the, you know, the, the immediate front, or maybe the not-so-immediate front for Jay Gregory? Oh, well, um, on the off-hunting front, I have, <laughs> I'll have some, I'll finally, I have some golf tournaments at the end of the summer, and, uh, yeah. and then, Basically, uh, uh, I'm I'm getting married this summer, so oh, I have nice. I, it's going to be it's going to be a busy summer. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Playing a little bit of golf, getting all the, and then obviously getting all of our spots, getting our food plots planted uh, towards the end of the summer. And we are at, in the process right now of editing all our new shows. Our new shows will start July 1st or the first week of July on Sportsman's Channel. And then as we start doing mock scrapes and and getting out there in the field people can start following us we'll start airing all that stuff on our social media platforms too whether it be youtube channel or our facebook channels too so nice we'll uh, we'll try and keep people abreast as to what we're doing and hopefully uh you know i would i would encourage anyone out there if you're interested we have probably a hundred hours of hunting videos from the time from 20 years back till now on our youtube channel and it's free all you have to do is just subscribe just go to the wild outdoors youtube channel and we'd love to have you and there's all kinds of stuff there like i said there's stuff from uh, when i was young <laughs> to now <laughs> so young to old as dirt so but you watch my kids grow up on there too yes. so it's kind, of, it's kind of cool but we're trying to keep it updated with um, with some new stuff too and it, it's got a little bit of everything it's got you know all of our spring turkey stuff obviously yeah. all the whitetail stuff we've got elk mule deer antelope caribou bear i mean anything and everything's on there that we've ever done so nice. there's, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff to go in there and watch excellent hey guarding your announcement uh on behalf of our listeners congratulations on your engagement and we uh we wish you bride all the uh, wonderful happiness that uh, this our creator has given well i appreciate that she was a great lady and i'm very lucky and uh look forward to uh getting hitched does she play my life with her and, and her sharing and everything we do too so Absolutely. now i'm really looking forward to it does she hunt does she golf she does both fairly new uh she has she has killed a deer with a bow uh two years ago she killed her first buck with a bow um she she really enjoys she enjoys being out there last year she had a, a tough go on one evening and missed a buck a couple times told me afterwards she said you know i think i just like watching more than i like <laughs> the actual hunting part of it but oh, yeah, i fun. i can already see that starting to sway the other direction again yeah. too. so hey. now she she she'll be a part of it i'm, I'm most certain hey she's keeping it real yes yeah. for sure Jay, this has been a, a wonderful experience for our listeners to be able to hear some some neat things, a little bit of storytelling, which was always fun and always cool for all of us. But also, you shared some tips and tricks on some mock scrapes, some licking branches, which obviously this time of year, there are a number of people that are redialing back into maybe our old-fashioned way of hunting, um, getting a little bit away from bait or a lot away from bait out of force or out of uh, maybe habit. I think a lot of people are really having a lot of fun doing this. You mentioned that scent company. Can you share that with us again and how, how someone can get a hold of that product? It's Big 
Buck Adventures. You can just go to bigbuckadventures.com. They do have a website up, and they're in the process of, we are, it's a very new relationship for us, so we are in the process right now of getting some stuff, doing some stuff for them, and then as I talk to them in our meeting about how to introduce this, as I said earlier, it's not about everyone's, everyone's reinvented the wheel. I told them, I said, you know, I think the best thing to do with this is let's just show them how it works. Let's, let's show them from start to finish once we start doing the mock scrapes when we've got our cameras out there. One thing I've always taken pride in is with our show is I've always tried to be honest with my viewers. And if something works, I, I'll show it to them. If something doesn't work, I'll show it to them. And I don't promote products that don't work. And I just I never have. I've passed up a lot of opportunities to work with companies that I just didn't believe in and I didn't want to be involved with. So, And that's probably a, to a fault from a business standpoint, maybe not very smart. But, you know, at the end of the day, all you have is your reputation. That's and right. I just don't want to – if somebody – goes out and purchases something because they saw it on our show i want i want them to have the same success we're having with it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pull the blinders over anybody and just trick them into using something because i got paid to use it and i just won't do that so um but yeah the the name of the company is is big buck adventures and uh they can check them out they if people want to start following our facebook page the wall outdoors or our youtube uh the wall outdoors facebook will probably have more content right away on the new scent company and how we're going to be what we're going to be doing with it how we're going to be doing things a little bit differently and they can check it out there but it's it's pretty exciting stuff oh outstanding i appreciate it again thanks for joining us on our podcast this week we'll get this uploaded i'll send you a link so you can be the first one that uh we can make fun of each other a little bit uh privately perfect yeah absolutely (laughs) so Thanks again, Jay. Hey, Godspeed in all you do, buddy. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. This week's podcast brought to you by Michigan Brand. Michigan Brand is a third-generation, family-owned and operated business out of mid-Michigan. We are known for our world-famous hams, jerky, and various sausage products. You can find us all over the state of Michigan, as well as other states throughout the U.S., Check us out at michiganbrand.net. That's michiganbrand.net to learn more. And also brought to you by... Before you load it, before you cock it, before you fire it, please take a firearm safety course. Together, we can save more lives while still protecting your own. Take the Countering a Mass Shooting Threat course with Ghost Rider Defense. This comprehensive course for schools, house of worship, and families will teach you how to protect yourself during a mass shooting threat. Find class details online at ghostriderdefense.com. Hey folks, told you. Episode number 65 is a dandy. I think you're seeing, though, a, we'll call it a theme, and it's not really done on purpose. I'm reaching out to hunters that are doing some similar things and they have found that they are experiencing a high level of success and that has happened over the last handful of years and they are sharing that those techniques a lot of us are doing those things and even if we're doing them boy we really appreciate the fact that we're when we hear people talk about certain tactics techniques that work for them we're doing it too we know that this is the right thing to do. Hey, I'm kind of referring to 
the licking branches, the, the mock scrapes and mock licking branches, um, some food plot preparation, some stand setup, that type of thing, not just throwing a bag of, uh, uh, we'll call it, uh, you know, food, deer food, sugar beets or corn out and then throw it out and they'll come. Uh, hey, there's more to hunting than just doing that. We know that. We really appreciate it. Hey, meanwhile, y'all take care. I hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients, turkey, bear, and whitetail deer hunts. Mm-hmm.